Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 233 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Souverine, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode is Commander Edelweiss. That would be episode 200, part 33. Yes? <laughs> yes. Yes. Commander Sham. Hello. I was just thinking, Sue, actually, you put your best telephone BBC Radio 4 voice on. I did. In the house. <laughs> I've got a bit of a BBC voice anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I did roll it out just then, definitely. And our special guest, Commander Atrus 5060. Is that how I say it? Uh, Atrus. But yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing here. On, you're on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Who the um, hell let him in? You did. <laughs> By invitation. <laughs> and I foolishly um, accepted. <laughs> We're very glad you can join us. Sadly, none of the rest of you can join us because nobody is at the Orange Sidewinder Bar this evening. Um, most of us are either on Distant Worlds or elsewhere in the bubble. We also have our Twitch channel. So if you'd like to join us on that, um, hop into the chat and say hello. Um, you can access us at uh, laveradio.com forward slash live. Click on live chat. And our Twitch channel is twitch.tv forward slash Lave Radio. How's everybody been this week? Ben, should we start with you? What have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? I've been... Oh, I've been, I've been doing lots of babysitting and teething and things. So I've been You've doing been that. Teething. Well, I've been, my daughter's been teething. Ah. So I've, I've been doing that. And I don't know what I did last night, but my back is bollocksed. <laughs> I did wonder what was going to come out then. I, uh, wonder, I don't know what I did uh, last night, but I woke up chained to a giraffe in Belgium. <laughs> That's only happened twice. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just, if I go off and shrug, I'm in agony. Oh dear. It's not so fun. Doing any heavy yeah. lifting? No, nor any light lifting or any repetitive <laughs> lifting. Just bef- before anybody else asks any insinuations <laughs> and things like that. Uh, well, yeah. I'm sorry to hear about your back. What mm. have you been up to in game? Jumping, 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 jumping. Looking for neutron stars, looking for Earth like worlds, things like that. And I'm now off to the. Great Annihilator, I believe, yes. I'm, I'm only 16 jumps away from the Great Annihilator, so ah. that should be pr- nice and pretty. If you go to um, go to the Great Annihilator and then go directly south by about uh, 100 light years, there's mm-hmm. a system, I can't remember the name, obviously I can't remember the name of it because it's a <laughs> letters and numbers, but I shall send it to you. And yes. I have first discovered on a binary set of Earth-like worlds there. Ooh, oh, they're okay. Called, they're called Orissa's Nubile Orbs, and I'll send you the <laughs> I bet they are. <laughs> I'll send you the uh, I'll send you the coordinates. Okay, go send, send that to me if it's only 100 light years. That's not too far away. Yeah, it's dead easy. Shan, what have you been up to? Out of game, I am still reading from the shock of Anne Marie. What's the face in rampaging through the house? You know the the, the tidying lady. Oh, you, you, have you have you found more things that you no longer own? <laughs> <sighs> it's not just that. It's kind of like I I I, I have a drawer where I put stuff. Like I got a drawer where I put. Spare pedals, pedal spanners, bike sets, torque wrenches, and so all the stuff I know about that I need for servicing my bike is in one drawer. And I know where it is, and it's been there like for ages. But it's not there anymore. It's secreted in some parallel universe somewhere where I can't find it no matter where I look. That would be called the tip. No, no, it's not spread out. I'm assured it's okay. not spread out. It's just kind of gone to a parallel universe somewhere. <laughs> Who um, is this person? You you've got a pocket Anne, dimension. Anne Anne Marie Kondo. She's um got a TV series on Netflix, and basically, she's supposed to declutter your house. Oh, that woman, right? Okay, yeah. That woman, yes. But in the, the reality is, 
it's like she's she's like the anti womble. She'll just kind of <laughs> she'll just kind of just take <laughs> take stuff away rather than bring it back. That's like a burglar, isn't it? That's what she is. Yeah. So what you've essentially got is a thief. Why is she in your house? Because Mrs. Shan likes the book and likes the TV series, so Mrs. Shan feels inspired to tidy up and de- yeah. declutter everything. Yeah. But, but at least I managed to save my my autograph from David Braben and stuff like that. That that was that was rescued last week. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it was not nailed out. It's like where is it? How oh, I put it somewhere safe or somewhere logical? And where's logical? It's yeah. not. As I say, it's parallel universe. It just goes. <laughs> logical to uh, one person is not logical to somebody else. Yeah, and, and then I get moaned at for saying, oh, "Why have you gone and bought another one of those? What do you mean another one of those?" Well, the, other, the first one's just here, and you think I just can't spend thirty quid on another tool, and you die uh, anyway. Yeah, so that's the frustration continues, but at least, <laughs> but at least at least my um my office is now done. All, all the paint racks are here and put up, and all the lights Excellent. are up. And I thought we so, were going to be um, bereft of a of a DIY update, so I'm glad that you've. No, no. Well, Cal's not here, and unlike Psycho Cal, I actually complete my DIY project. <laughs> so you finished now your office. I've got a corner full of um, bubble wrap, which needs to go to the tip. So I've got a scruffy corner that just needs loading up and taking to the tip. I might actually put something useful on top of it, and then Anne Marie Conrad can just come in and take it all away. <laughs> What's your elite setup then? If you've got your you've got your desk sorted, is your hot ass out and screens up and everything? Oh well, the, the actual, my actual desk has been fine. I mean, I, I my my desktop real estate's pretty good actually because I've got a thirty four inch four K monitor in front oh. of me and a, and a thirty inch twenty five sixty by sixteen hundred monitor next to it. So I've got quite a good setup with the hot ass and stuff like that. But it was the rest of the office that was completely wrecked. So that's all been complete. My desk does need sorting out, but it's slowly migrating stuff out. And what I've started to do is actually put all my most precious possessions on my desk because I can keep an eye on them then. <laughs> so, Shan, when are you actually going to get a safe for under your desk for things like David Braben's autograph and stuff like that? Well, Mrs. Shan now knows that that's sacred. So actually, all that Shan needs to do is write oh. the words David Braben on things. <laughs> to quote Newt from Aliens, it won't make any difference. <laughs> yeah, oh, they do come out at nice. So yeah, in, in game, I've, um, I'm about three jumps away from Waypoint 7. Now, nice. I, I went to the, um, the crater uh, point of interest, uh, which is pretty nice actually. I couldn't, I couldn't get the you thing went to in the daylight. What? The crater, point, crater point yeah, of something, something crater point of interest. Tell us about that because we don't have a distant worlds update this week. Okay, well, I would have thought we should have a distant worlds update. We don't yeah. have any distant worlds humans. Though. Okay, well, okay, the, um, well, yeah. Apart okay, from well. Atrus, Shan, and I, who are also there. Yeah, well, fair enough. enough. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I. I I kind of pick and choose where I go for the the waypoints. So what I do, I go through the thread because uh, if you click on the locations, it brings up a picture and description of what the things are. So my, my first filter is does the name sound interesting, and then I click on it. And if it's not particularly a good name, but not particularly spectacular, I don't think it is. I won't bother going. Um, but this crater place was really good. Uh, so 
that was well worth going. And then uh, been to Great Annihilator on on, Sh- on my Shenanigans account. Um, so I just left there earlier today, and yeah, I'm about seven jumps away from waypoint seven. Actually, I'm glad that you were there earlier today because I will be there soon, and I'm, I'm glad you're nowhere near now. <laughs> what was so good about the crater? Well, it's it's a, it's a rather large crater on a on a world inside a planetary nebula, um, so you get rather spectacular views from it. Um, so yeah, it was it was well worth it. Let me just get the name up. Hold on. Um, well, while you're doing that, I've had a um, I've had quite a productive week. So some of you may recall I was working on a new Mamba build. Um, so I've never had a combat ship, really. Um, n- not a proper dedicated one. Um, partly because I'm a terrible pilot and partly because um, I really like going fast and jumping far. So obviously combat builds are no good at either of those things. Um, but uh, over in my, with my other hat on, um, my Sagittarius I hat, we've got our own faction in game now. Um, and we, we wanted to... Um, work uh, the BGS and doing that needs a combat ship. So I, I said, right, okay, I'm going to need a combat ship. And um, so I've been building this Mamba because it's the only combat ship that I like the look of. And I think I've now completely finished it. Um, I've got everything sorted, um, all the bits and bobs engineered to grade five. Um, and uh, I'm just nipping back to, um, which one, DD Vatterman to check that my shield boosters are all the, the right, uh, mod um and from then i'm going to be ready to go it's seriously good like i thought that the the trick to combat was being really good at combat turns out actually the trick to combat is just flying a really really hard ship um so that's brought me up until today so it's been quite good ah you've posted so have the... you have you tried a fertilance of the equivalent build i've never no never flown a fertilance i know i know they're very good but i really like going fast and the members the member beats the Ferdinand's on speed. Have you flown both? Uh, yes. Which do you prefer? Ferdinand's. Why is that? It's more manoeuvrable. Um, the speed, yes, it's a bit slower, but I've never thought to myself, oh, I really wish it was as quick as a member. Um, <laughs> it's just, yeah, pretty much of a muchness, really. It's kind of like, do you want a... Do you, do you want the estate or saloon version of the same car? You know, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it, it's kind of like that. So, I, I prefer the Ferdinand actually. Although, the one thing that does annoy me about Ferdinand and kick my OCD into gear is if you buy a brand new Ferdinand, the paint is chipped. It comes delivered with chipped paint. Same with any ship. Same with the Imperial ships. Like, you've buy... just got all its wiring hidden. <laughs> yeah. If you buy a clipper or something and look out the window, it's it's chipped as well. I guess um I guess the thinking is that if you bought a Boeing 747, the paint would probably not be perfect. Well, if I brought a brand new one, I'd jolly well hope it was. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose so, yeah. You know, if I spent 300,000 pounds on new Ferrari and it came with stone chips on the bonnet, you know, I would I'd be having words, I think. <laughs> Yeah, good point. Yeah. Well, why are you why are you assuming that all the ships are brand new? We some could of them just buy them from not. a used car salesman. Yeah, good point. Some some of them are definitely <laughs> not, and some of them I'm not even sure are still being made according to law. 
Well, that's, yeah, that's the point. Because are they still making new Pythons? Because I think Pythons are one of the oldest designs out there, aren't they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I, I don't know what my source for this is, but I, I vaguely remember reading somewhere that neither Anacondas nor Pythons are built anymore. Um, and the Sidewinder, there's definitely, I don't think there's ever been a new version of that. It comes with somebody else's flask and um, uh, and somebody else's book. So <laughs> that's definitely not a new ship. I was just thinking like a Top Gear. You know, we brought our Python, we brought three Pythons for 42 million. How far can they go before they conk out or something like that? <laughs> nice. Um, jolly good. Uh, right. What have we... Development news next. Um, we've got a forum revamp coming up. Got to tell you, This is probably the least exhilarating bit of news that we've covered since I've been involved with Lave Radio. But, um, but the Frontier forums are getting a lick of paint. Uh, anybody else incredibly excited for this? Well, it's got some good things for technical things, and we're updating to new versions of forums and things like that, which I guess is exciting if you care about that kind of thing. Well, you are a programmer, aren't you? So is there anything on there that makes you think, oh, this will be way better? Absolutely nothing that I'm aware of. Excellent. But I'm assuming the security features and things like that. But there are there. a couple of forums that's going, aren't they, uh, supposedly? Because there are yes. a lot of forums today that... that yeah. The DDA form was going? Yeah, they're going to be removing... I'll just read a bit from the post. We'll be removing inactive forum sections to make it easier to access all current discussions. The changes will be game-specific, so please check out these forum announcements in each game section to see what changes are coming to that game's forums. Here are the changes for the Elite Dangerous-specific section of the forums. All the news sections will now be merged under one heading. Tags will allow you to, to locate patch notes or other news. The newcomers section will be merged with guides. The special events section will be removed. Groups and squadrons will become groups, squadrons, and factions. Thargoids and aliens will be rena renamed Thargoids and Guardians, which is a shame, really, because it indicates that there aren't any other aliens. Community goals will remain, but community goal archives, CG notes, and community goal submissions will be removed and merged with the main CG section. Engineers will be merged with the ships section. PvP, Powerplay, and CQC will be merged into a new playstyle section. Um, which is ridiculous. They might as well call it the neglected. You know what's happening, don't you? <laughs> what's that? Frontier have got Anne Marie Kondo in to sort the forums out. <laughs> We've just tidied it. <laughs> you know, they've basically got everything and just ticked it all in a lot and then hoping stuff will fall <laughs> off the bottom and then. So no one will ever be able to find anything ever again. You no, know? absolutely. It... If if you if you like shooting people, you'll never be able to find it again. All of your sections have now been merged into an anonymous playstyle section. Um, the horizon section will be removed. About time. Community events and creations section will be removed. Which is hold on, that's that's got our sticky in there. That's annoying. Yep. Yeah, but will our sticky be unstickied and then removed, or will it just will it be a sticky in the new forum? It just says community events and creations section will be removed. It doesn't say we're going to merge it or move it. It just says removed. So. Have to wait and see. Player tools and API will be merged into one section. Uh, international discussions will be removed as there are new dedicated frontier international sections. That's interesting. Many inactive pri uh, private forums will be removed. I didn't know there were private forums. Um, and bug reports and support. <laughs> Isn't that the definition of them being private forums? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, the, I don't... The, the everyone but sovereign forums, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, many bug reports, no, bug reports and support will be moved to their own dedicated websites. 
Um, and... That worries me actually about the bug report thing because I think that was that was one of the good features about them being just on the forums is that you could go off and have a look for a bug and you could go off and do me too on bugs. Yeah, fair one. Although you can still do that. <clears throat> well, maybe. It says, I don't know. No, no. It, see, oh, I think it, you guys it, are missing the yeah. point. Your Frontier games don't have bugs, so what? <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. says, we'll All be Frontier games have so many bugs. We'll be launching a new dedicated bug tracking, web tracking website in order for us to make that process easier, better, and more manageable. You'll be able to log issues as you're used to doing, and the community will be able to vote on your issue, which will consider it confirmed, which means we can put more focus into examining the highest ranked issues, which is brilliant. Really, really good, I think. Save mm. loads of time. Save loads of time in, in so, us logging. So your bug basically becomes a popularity contest as opposed to an impact yeah. contest. So, it's like, it's like we're gonna yeah, have... Reddit for bugs. We're going to have we get videos. So do we get a second referendum if we don't get another <laughs> vote there? <laughs> only, if we, only if we can't get a hard, hard Brexit first or something. A hard forum, rather than a yeah, forum. I've got a hard forum. <laughs> yes, that'll do. So this is like I've... the backstop. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually, I do have concerns that they're getting rid of the community events and creation stuff because that's like the community events and creation. So what's going to happen to all that kind of stuff? Because you know, that's us, Drabbles, all the Hutton stuff. Presumably, a lot of Canon's things go in there. Sagai. Sagai goes in there. That's but they've been posting Sagai stuff in the general forum, haven't they? As well, we've been doing it in both. <laughs> it's probably because... a bit naughty putting it in general, but yeah. Um, well, um... I, it's, uh, somebody else does that, but um, but yeah, we've been doing it on both because <laughs> nobody goes to. Um, uh, and maybe maybe that's why that maybe that's why they're doing it so we can we can get an okay to put it into the general forum, but. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that'll that's be fine, a sticky. If no one goes, yeah, if no one goes there, then there's, then you're not actually losing anything by it going, are you? True. Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. Good point. Do you um, want? There is a bit of a public service announcement there. If you want to mention, do you want to mention this or shall I? You go on. Okay. So since so many of the threads are being are being gone, if there is a thread that you are particularly that you consider your baby, shall we say? And it contains stuff that you maybe don't want to lose, or it's of historical value, or whatever. So, you know, let's say, for sake of argument, you cared about the the very first LaveCon back in 2013 thread for whatever reason. Yeah, you know, completely relevant now, but it had good historical value. Then we'll put the links to this in the show notes. But if you, there is an archive URL that you can go to, and basically you can post that URL, and it's it gives you everything in a much simpler view, and then you can export that or save it to your local hard drive or save, export it as a PDF. Um, I went off and wrote a little shell script to go off and save like 20 odd pages or however many pages I needed to save. In about, you know, that took about five minutes to go off and save everything as a using wget, but it means I've got local copies of all the Drabble sites, for example. So I've got like several thousand drabbles now sitting on my, contaminating oh. my 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 hard drive. So when <laughs> is this um, decluttering of the forum happening? Then how long have we got to archive our for last week? Soon, um, but end of March. Well, could even be mid March. So end of March, forum. unless there's an extension. It says our new forums are set to go live at the end of March. Yeah, but they might be decluttering <clears throat> even before then. Yeah, 
Yeah, fair um, enough. You know, it, can, it makes sense, I guess, they want to get rid of stuff they don't want to migrate over first, and then they'll migrate it over, I guess. So, yeah, if if there's anything that you care about, make sure you get it saved soon, because yeah. otherwise it might be gone forever. I think this is brilliant, though. Like, I, I must admit, I'd hardly ever go on the forum, because there's such a lot of complete... Uh, it becomes a bit of a mire of, of um, flame it's wars. It's yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but um, so if they can make it a bit more, they can tidy it and make it a bit more user friendly. It'd be brilliant. Anyway, moving on. Another interesting snippet that came out was this stat: the 0.036 percent of the galaxy that's been explored. Was that an official frontier stat, or did um, or did somebody in the community come out with that? It is an official frontier stat. Um, so frontier today, just this morning, actually, really dangerous. Went off and tweeted that out for us. Yeah, amazing. Um, just because they did. Don't know why they did, but they did. There's a couple of times in the last two years that I've heard people say things like, oh, I've done so much exploring. I've explored everywhere. The galaxy feels a little bit small now. I want to go to another galaxy. And oh, when you hear stop. a stat like that, you sort of want to slap yeah. them, don't you? It's like, well, stop only jumping between Lave and Deso. Of course you're <laughs> on the other get to see the same bloody things. You know, I'm... Yeah, I'm not exactly off the beaten path at the moment. I'm following the recommended Distant Worlds 2 route to all between all the different shiny things. So there's like, what, 13,000-odd people here? And I'm in a system that nobody's been to still. If you look at um, EDSM, there's, there are lines everywhere. If you look at the... Oh, God, the yeah. it's cr- I mean, it's crazy. Like it's, It looks like people have explored every inch, and yet it's a third of a percent. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, we've there's, the space is big. Yep. Yeah, so, not, I can kind of see where, in a way, where people are coming from because the first time I went to Sagittarius A, I think I was on a 30 light year ASP or something, and it seemed like forever to go there. And it seemed a really long way out, and you really got a sense of isolation and being out in the black. But now, kind of with the large jump drives and it's almost, it just seems like, I don't know, going to Cornwall or something. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the only certain places where you get that kind of, I'm alone in the middle of nothingness bit, and the, the number of those is declining. Yeah, there's definitely been, there's definitely been stat inflation. Things, we, 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 the guns have got bigger, the jump, the jump drives have got bigger. Um, we've, 30 light years used to be, 30 for most ships and sort of top end of 30 for the Anaconda used to be fairly hard limit. And now that's just that's just a multi-roll now. Well, that's right. I think 42, I think, was the most you could get with a stripped down Anaconda with no engineering and fumes. Because yeah. when I was looking at my trip to Beagle Point oh, years ago now, if you had a jump, the top end jump range, you could get across the abyss on fumes, basically being really careful to plot. Otherwise, you had to go via the Ronsevo if you had a 33, 34-ish thing. But even getting across Rontevo was a challenge because not every star was jumpable to and you couldn't just plot across mm. it. You had to work your way through and sometimes you'd get to a dead end and couldn't get any further and you had to go back and plot around it. And it was a real feat of navigation to get across there. Yeah, that's true. But now it's kind of like, well, the way I, the way I likened it was, I was speaking to some friends yesterday, is 
getting across the abyss now, it's it's like when the A1 goes from three lanes to two lanes now. It's still, I can still plot across it. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah. And, and a lot of sort of say, oh, back in my day, it used to be harder. But I think it's the suffering the fate is a lot of games where stuff starts off as really hard. And then as players get used to it, they develop the techniques. Maybe the developers change stats to things like that. It becomes easier and easier and easier, more well-known. And it just kind of loses that edge a little bit. Um, as long as, I think the challenge, I, I hear what you're saying, and it, it's definitely um, <clears throat> things that used to be hard are easier. But the, the thing is with the procedurally generated galaxy of this size is that the, if, you, if, the, if the realm of the possible becomes larger, the challenges that were pre something that previously was an impossibility becomes a challenge. So for example, there's a, there's a massive black hole off to the west of the galaxy, for want of a better word, that's about 90 light years from the rim. Um, one day, I think I'll probably be able to jump there. Um, at the moment, I can't. Presumably, you know, th these sort of things are true of lots of areas around the galaxy. You can, you know, it, the longer jump ranges, you can get higher above it or, be or, or further below it and further out and, and all that kind of thing, um, and there'll be more opportunities like distant stars, where a new, a new advance in jump range suddenly makes a particular stellar cluster accessible that previously wasn't, or something like that. See, I just wonder when they did the um, stellar forge, whether one of the parameters they used was the maximum jump range of a ship. So, it, so uh, they'd have done it the other way around, I reckon. Knowing, knowing old Davy B. Maybe, but I'm thinking about if the if one of the fundamental parameters has changed, the maximum jump range, then it has the effect of making more stuff reachable. And if you did the But fight, why would Stella that... Forge do that? Surely it should go I'm with Suv here. You would go from you you engineer the galaxy to be right and then you make your ships fit it. You don't make your galaxy fit your spaceships. You might in some games, but just knowing what Frontier are like from a design design perspective, and from a science perspective, yeah, precisely the Maybe, science. I was just thinking about uh, you know, I was thinking about the the balance in the game between jump range and distance and stuff. Yeah, it's it's definitely shrunk. Um, I I still I like I'm not an expert. I've done a fair bit of exploring, um, but I'm not as expert as a lot of people. Um, but I'm pretty sure that it's not as simple as you, you can't get to the point where you can look at a sector and be like, oh, okay, I can tell just by looking at that in the map that there's going to be nothing interesting there. There's, but you can you know, tell by the name of the star, or the size of the star, and you can, you can there's certain um, conclusions you can draw from the star name and the way that's they... That's true. Yeah. Things like that. So you can, you can sort of. I mean, it's not... There are still surprises, 100%. though. And you can only, also, and you, I haven't and you can actually... only see the binary. I haven't actually tried this, but you used to be able to get a snapshot of the star configuration by zooming into the map until you're right over the star, and you can sometimes see whether it's a close binary or whatever. Just yeah, galactic map. Yeah, I guess, I guess the point I'm making is that it's not. We're not at a stage where it's predictable. You, you, you people can still be surprised, and jumping into a system like. You you can do that. You can see if it's a close binary or whatever. But even but even so, whenever you jump into a system, it's broadly a surprise as to what you're going to find. So and because we've explored less than a, th a third of a percent of one of, of the galaxy, it, it strikes me that like you know there's still uncountable, really amazing things to be found. You know that there, there must be 
there must be another thousand or so s systems at least as impressive as the collection of wonders for example i'm i'm sure there is but it's interesting on the live stream on monday uh will did say that there's there's still stuff that players haven't found yet in terms of uh, non-natural phenomenon um oh, awesome oh, that's uh, cool. It's, it's cool but then you think well is it like a, just a question of chance is it like a needle in a haystack and one day someone will happen upon something interesting yeah or that's the way it's it, been in the past is, is there how it's been though that you know we've always kind of had a needle in a haystack effect with how big this galaxy is and that's kind of how for the most part it should be because that's the whole point of exploring is going and hoping and finding something like that yeah yeah totally agree it's um it, it was the same with um it's been the same with the biological life on um, on planets. We, you know, some of them were only found when we got the new mapping tools, but they've been there for you know months. Yeah, because we'll also mention that um, we haven't we the players um, there are still interactions between these things that we haven't tried yet. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Was he talking about the mollusks? Uh, he didn't mention anything specifically. That's really cool. Oh, I love hearing stuff like that. It's exciting. Right, before we get dragged down too much into that stuff, you guys who are on Distant Worlds 2, Charlie Hall at Polygon has been doing a brilliant job of writing up Distant Worlds. He wrote up this week the dramatic rescue in the Empyrean Straits. Do, I, do either of you guys know about this? Were you involved? I wasn't involved because it was over the weekend. Um, but yeah, it, it just looked, it looks like a damn pretty rescue, but I didn't really... I don't even know what the person needed rescuing for, to be honest. Uh, and I've been I've been keeping a closer eye on the fuel rat rescue of that Taiwei warrior was doing. Yeah, that was exciting too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the okay, so the um, it was Commander Proiger three who um, uh, got stuck in a neutron jet cone. Um, oh and... dear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it so... didn't. Um, oh, Orcrosa Black gets stuck in a in in a jet cone, but she evade she eventually managed to escape it. Uh, McNichol did. Um, I don't know about Warcrows of Black. Yeah, and this, what, and this is what this guy did. He basically, he got caught in it. His ship got mashed and beaten up from the cone, but somehow he managed to escape without a canopy, and he only had like minutes of oxygen on his life support, and basically his ship was wrecked. Mm. Um, so the hull seals got involved and uh managed to uh, patch him up um can you can the seals replenish oxygen as well no you gotta synthesize that don't you you, you can synthesize it i don't, well, I don't think the, i don't think you can yeah, the, you transfer it to somebody else i've actually got the article in front of me so i'll read out what it says so uh, over the next several hours commanders dauntus killerus rixan west tech and noodle in pasta that's a great name Needle in pasta. Uh, served as an emergency dispatcher, they gathered a group of 20 first responders, each armed with top tier mining equipment, who rushed to the scene. Um, they located ring planets and nearby systems with the right composition. Once identified, the miners went to work blasting away at the materials needed to synthesize oxygen out of individual asteroids. Um, so, yeah, it's quite an epic, epic rescue. Um, and at the moment, and uh, he got down to less than two minutes of oxygen left before he got rescued. 
That's, that's awesome. That's really cool. Who watched the um, Highway Warriors rescue on, was it Saturday or Sunday? Saturday, I believe. I didn't watch it, but I have seen some of the Twitch. Uh, but I couldn't Crazy. watch it live because I was doing daughtery things. Fair enough. I um, think we had Highway Warrior on the show, didn't we? He was we have the... had, yes. Yeah. When was that? A while ago now. Yeah, now this was when he, they... He's done this kind of thing before. Yeah, when it was when they were when they rescued um, the person who had gone the farthest than anyone. I think the record's been broken now, actually. But basically, they they spent like two days solid in super cruise going out to get this person. Jesus. <laughs> um, and they were, had real class because they didn't want to take the record away from the stranded commander. So they made sure that even their limpets stayed within. Wow. Right. That's really nice. <laughs> That's dedication right there and coordination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And then the other bit of the other cool in game event was the Waypoint Six mass launch. Who was involved? I wasn't. It wasn't an official mass launch, but uh, Commander Moster and a bunch of the other DWT organizers arranged an unofficial one. And you know, we basically we had. A whole load of fun shooting, shooting the breeze out at waypoint six, uh, cooking off in the neutron star, <laughs> and nice. then we went off and jumped through the jumps out of the neutron star into another thing. And then, even though we were deliberately trying to do it at a point not to break frontier servers, we still managed to break frontier servers. <laughs> <laughs> how many? How many of you were there? I don't know exactly. I don't know how many of us there were. I mean, there was a there was a good. 30, 40 of us in that one instance that I was in. Hmm. That's probably and, to do it. <laughs> you know, we did all do a 3, 2, 1 countdown and got a fairly nice video of us all going and me nearly ramming into the back of a Type 10 that was going but was accelerating a lot slower than I was. Yeah. So, But that was, it was a good fun, just a nice little, nice little fairly safe meetup, even though it was all very unofficial. Sounds good. Yeah, that was yeah. It was just it's one of these nice little fun things you can do, isn't it? On when yeah. you're out in the black and doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. There's one actually. I yeah, I I'm missing out on. Um, uh, I'm missing a lot of the stuff that's going on with the the, the meetups and things. Mm. Um, I'd love to be involved. I need to I need to um, multi crew with one of you at some point. For something. If you oh, I can jump into open and you can come here if you want. Yeah, that'd be I'm good. Not, I'm not in a meet meetup, but I'm. I am out in. It's, I'm at a. I'm orbiting a moon at the moment of an Earth-like world. I'm not in game at the minute, but I'll take you up on that. Okay. Um, that's a very pretty system you're in, Ed. It is a very pretty system I'm in. Although that's not the system. Uh, that's. I'm not on Twitch at the moment. That's not my screen on Twitch. But it is a nice-looking system. Quick newsletter point. Anybody read the newsletter? Newsletter two hundred and sixty-two. I read it. I must admit, there's nothing on there that leaps out as being worth it. Yeah, yeah. This, I I use the newsletter to make sure I haven't missed a good paint job that week. <laughs> <laughs> the um the elite community meet in Manchester is quite exciting. Yeah, is, who's going? I I can't go. It's Easter weekend, and I'll be doing family stuff. Same Otherwise, either. I would love to be going. Are you not planning on going, Steve? I want to. Yeah, I right. I'm, I haven't bought my ticket yet. I intend to. Shan, are you going? No, again, it's Easter weekend, and it's just it's just a bit, a bit too far, really. Yeah, fair enough. 
I'm, you know, it's good they change it around because it gives people in you know, who's in the who's north of the wall um, able to go to elite meet. <laughs> the white. Um, yeah. I mean, la- la- the last one was a was ready way, so you know you can't really complain about that one for distance. Yeah, fair one. I should have gone to that. Um, yeah, I'll try and go definitely. Yeah. I mean, I have to admit, because it's on because it's in Manchester, it is actually quite convenient for me being in in sort of being Sheffield way. But it's going to say this of, one is about as com- it's about as convenient for you as they get. Really, it is. It's just. I'm I'm I might go and take the kids along or something like that. Excellent. Um, so I yeah. might go along with the kids as a punter, rather than going along as a going along and sort of helping out and saying hi to people. And but I'd be going along primarily as a father and a and a punter, rather than. <laughs> I'm here as a father. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, um, but I can't put it any other way, really. You know, I'm I'm there to. Let my kids see some of this stuff and let them play, uh, let them play Artemis and let them play um, in a VR rig. I mean, like last year we had somebody had a full-on like chair that threw you around whilst playing the game, and you were playing and you had a VR rig. I mean, yeah, it's just amazing. Wotherspoon's going to be there apparently. Yeah, I did tap him up to see whether I'd um, fancied sharing a room, but uh, yeah. he says he's a bit past that now. <laughs> Not on the first I, was like, day. I was like, I don't mind. I'll be big spoon or little spoon. Totally, totally flexible. <laughs> Apparently, he wasn't. He wasn't enamoured with the idea. But there you go. Uh, okay then. But, um, um, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll try and get there. Um, what anyway, about Alex right. Turner? Is he able to make it? Do you know? I don't know. Actually, I haven't asked. Um, I'll ping him. I'll ping him and find out. He doesn't <laughs> normally go to things. Now I've got my Souverine T-shirt. I bloody ought to go to these. Just give it an airing. <laughs> of course, what, 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 what you should do then, Sue, is for Ravecon, we'll all wear Souverine T-shirts. <laughs> I'm Souverine. I am. I'm Souverine. <laughs> I'll have an identity crisis. <laughs> that could be quite funny, actually. <laughs> right, to get me out of this, this bizarre situation, let's move on to the main discussion. Should we have have an advert break and then main discussion, or just straight in? Oh, yeah, no, that's a good idea. Yeah, let's do that. Artris, we'll we'll move to you and get you to tell us all what's going on in the world of Thargoids in a minute or so, if that's all right. That sounds great. Perfect. Hey, buddy, why the long face? Exploring is boring. What? What makes you say so? Because I have to scoop for fuel at every single store. And then the voices I hear in the store tell me to... Whoa, sounds like you've got a case of space madness. What you really need is really big gas tank. What? With really big gas tank, you'll be sailing the Milky Way in style and comfort. No more hanging out at every stupid store just to refuel. It's as easy as honk and go. Gotta get to Beagle Point for a romantic interlude? Just honk and go. Wanna be the buckiest ball in the galaxy? Just honk and go. And if you fill your really big gas tank with patented Jumbonium 5000, you can honk and go, go, go. Gee, thanks, master. No, thank you. Really big gas tank. Because why wait when you can hung and go? Japonium 5000 has been known to cause extra arm growth, outdoor mayonnaise, tripism, and spontaneous thargoid face. Use only as directed. 
on the far side of the bubble, on the dark side of an airless moon, on the slightly more interesting side of a ravine, there lived the engineer. The engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier. And your gas tank really, really big. What do you want? I want fish. Wait, what? That's right, fish! Carp, char, chub, jack, loach, crabby, muckabate, prickleback, sole, snook, snake, tang, wahoo, wabagong, banjo, banga, snook, sole, shad, scat, come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, nibblefish, northern squaw, huma huma nuka nuka wapa wapa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, shit. Fish, because, you know, space. Welcome back. Right, Thargoids. Um, don't know if anybody's noticed, but the entire bubble seems to be on fire. Yeah. Anybody's... Yeah. Like the. Um, it seems that every time I, every time I check, it seems that more and more systems are either overrun or with burning stations or um, stations that have been um, been sort of damaged for months and aren't being fixed. Um, so. I, uh, when we were talking about this internally, we thought we need to get an expert in to tell us to tell us the stories behind the headlines. So, but we couldn't find any experts, so we got Atrus. <laughs> I was gonna say that explains why Colin isn't here either. <laughs> Sorry, no, you know, I had to. Look, you know, you called me in. You said I want. I need you to talk about aliens. I said, all right, I've got nothing better to do tonight. So. <laughs> <laughs> We've saved him from a takeaway and Netflix, people. <laughs> Wonderful. Hey, just, what do you do in the community? Uh, so I am part of the Lave Radio Network Squadron. I, I, I advise sometimes when I'm asked opinions on things. I also write the weekly Thargoid report for Hutton Truckers podcast. So letting you guys know where the latest infestations or occursions are taking place, what you can do, what stations are on fire. Um, I like to lurk around the Canon Discord to find these things uh, and also, you know, gain this knowledge and share it where I can. I also tend to hang around the AXI and Operation IDA Discords, never posting, but always watching like a creep. So <laughs> happy to, you know, share all the information I've observed over this time and all the things I've been writing about, and keeping track of all the Thargoid reports, you know, that I've been writing, uh, all the stations that have been attacked and the efforts that are going in. Uh, because, you know, as you saw last week, Wow, yeah, 15 stations are on fire, and yeah, that's not exactly good, because it's raising the question of, by the time we get back from Disney World, is there going to be anything to come back to? Yeah, precisely. That's the, that's, that's well, the, the question. All Crows of Black said to an off-the-cuff comment in an interview about a month ago, maybe a bit longer, she said, we're 10,000 people, out, and that, that's how long ago, because it, was, it was just before Distant Worlds left, because there were only 10,000 sign-ups. She said, with 10,000 people outside the bubble, she's, she was worried that it would just completely be overrun. 
um, which is, seems to be what's happened. Well, the question is, uh, I mean, I don't jump in, but is the overrunning because the BGS is acting strange? Or is it or are we being overrun because everyone's distant worlds too? Or is it a combination of the two? Or is it have Frontier stepped up incursions deliberately to make this happen? So that's actually a pretty good question. And from what I've seen, it's a little bit of people being off on distant worlds too, the BGS being a bit messed up because there were changes to how Eagle Eye is updated, which tells us which systems are going to be targeted by the Thargoids for the week. And, you know, if we have a double tick, things get a bit screwy. So what we think would happen last week, because every week Eagle Eye tells us, ah, there are six systems that are going to be attacked. So we have to defend these systems. If we fail to defend them, they go into an incursion state, they damage the station, the station gets on fire, people have to rescue things, have to rescue civilians and evacuate them and whatnot, and fight off Thargoids and AX combat zones. So before, it used to be on the weekly server update at you know early in the morning on Thursdays, Eagle Eye would also update, but they recently changed it that Eagle Eye updates with the BGS tick every Thursday. Mm, so okay. if there's a what happened was Wednesday night, last week, Eagle Eye changed from the previous six systems that it had reported to new ones. So we all thought to ourselves, maybe, maybe, just maybe, FDEV are giving us a break and telling us where to go in advance, you know, position our ships. Uh, at least that was the theory I was running on. A lot of people were doubtful because uh, the week before this also happened where one of Eagle Eye systems changed uh, Wednesday before the actual weekly tick for Eagle Eye, and that system ended up being attacked. So Thursday morning, we all wake up, we log into game. Sure enough, half the bubble's on fire. Um, so, And Eagle Eye, after the BGS tick, is reporting the original six systems that it was saying the previous week. So, huh. Yeah, uh, and that day we also had a double tick, and that's when the BGS freeze was acting up. So it, it's very well possible that the BGS is, the BGS problems are sort of tied in, but I can't say with confidence it's just my own ideas and you know things I read off the Canon forum, which uh, if anyone from Canon is listening, big shout out to you guys. You guys have been doing a fantastic job. Um, so yeah, in this case, you know, if people want to get involved, like the people who are still in the bubble, if they want to get involved with this stuff, there's uh, some good forum threads that you can follow that tell you where to go and what you can be doing uh, if you're interested in getting involved. Um, the other thing too, sort of relating to the BGS, I know I'm hopping around a little bit, but first time being on air, so bear with the nerves. No worries. No, you're doing good. Uh, so the BGS, when 3.3 launched, we used to see a state called infested, which was telling us, like it wasn't something that you could filter for. You just hover over the system in the galaxy map and it would tell you the state of the system. It would say infested. And we knew if Eagle Eye wasn't reporting accurately, we can at least rely on that. And that would clear when we killed enough scouts or interceptors in the system at the BGS, uh, you know, at the next tick for the BGS. Oh, cool. Somewhere along the way, that disappeared. Ah. Yeah. So there's actually a big bug report on this right now going on on the forum. I have I've provided a link for that in the show notes for anyone who's interested in following that, that it would be nice to get that back to see that state. Um, but it wasn't one that you can actually filter for on the Galaxy. So, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, uh, you know, incursions also on there now, too. So we've got we had 15 last week. Thankfully, we're now down to seven. Thanks to the efforts of a lot of anti-Xeno combat pilots. So that's really great. Um, but this raises the question, of course, uh, is combat the only way to get rid of the Thargoids? Which is uh, something that's been thrown around a lot lately is... That's a really good question. Well, the, we were told that certain activities influence infestation and incursion. Yeah. We just don't know what they are. 
Right. Because, well, reason. So, you know, you look at the description of an incursion state, it says, oh, you got to engage um, combat, you know, Thargoids in the combat zones, and, you know, there might be other activities that could impact it, but we haven't quite figured it out. So a lot of thought is going into this now, especially um, from Operation IDA, because those, those guys are, you know, doing their best to fix the bubble and the Pleiades uh, fastest that they can, which is the list for them is ever growing longer. We're up to, I think, a total of 88 stations have been attacked. And no, 86 stations have been attacked, and two of them twice, I believe, have been damaged. So, you know, they've got a long list of repairs ahead of them. So they're really trying to see what they can do to lift incursions, like, you know, to lift infestations faster. So they're right now tracking, for example, after a station's damaged, does evacuating civilians reduce the incursion? So, you know, those rescue missions that when you go and land in the station that's on fire and take passengers to the, uh, to the rescue ships outside. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Interesting. Besides that, so how much do you think, as another possible factor, that apathy, you know, because the burning stations have been happening for a while, mm-hmm. do you think people have gone off thinking, well, we're kind of bored of shipping tens of thousands of tons for stuff to fix them, and we know what's going to happen when they're damaged, and we'll just go and do something else. I mean, how much do you think is apathy? I think there's actually quite a bit. You get a lot of player burnout because of the amount of shipping that they have to do, especially in the Pleiades. Um, whenever Eagle Eye reports that a Pleiades target, you know, a Pleiades system is being targeted again, you just actually can't tell because there's always Thargoids there. So you don't know when you've done enough to lift it. And that's actually what happened last week. They destroyed something like 3,500 scouts just to prevent the station from being damaged. And then, of course, the next day, sure enough, the station's on fire again. How, so, do, um, uh, how, how do you know when you've done enough? Well, if when the infested state was showing up, once it went away, that was, you know, you knew you did enough. And now um, there's no way of knowing. No, not really. I mean, people are tracking the number of kills that they get uh, via Discord. And, um, you know, Canon has a, a plug-in for the EDMC. Um, I mean, Canon used to do a lot of the stat tracking prior to these, um, the infestation state. And, you know, they, they were pretty much tracking the number of kills per system. They were able to figure it out because originally it was, you know, Eagle Eye would report you know, maybe three, four systems. Some of the Eagle Eye satellites would be repeating um, the first three. And then Canon would say, okay, it looks like these two targets are going to be actually uh, affected. So then we got good at defending two targets because we were, you know, tracking kills into the thousand. Yeah. You know, these are CG level amount of like kills just to defend these systems. Yeah. I remember Colin uh, Ford saying a few weeks back that he thought the number of kills needed to avert the system falling had been hiked Increased. quite considerably. Yeah. Yeah, that's the current idea because, you know, um, Salino and uh, Atlas and uh, I can't remember the other station in the Pleiades at the moment, but they were, they killed over 3,500 scouts in previous attempts at defending those systems. 3,500 was more than enough to clear the uh, station. But yeah, I I would agree that, you know, Colin's uh, statement that, you know, numbers have probably increased is right. That's yeah. what we're seeing now. And it's really a shame because you're not only getting burnout on the number of stations that need to be repaired and the amount of hauling that these guys got to do, especially since some of these resources, um, they're not always going to be available in the Pleiades. So they got to fly all the way to the bubble in a cutter or a T9 or an anaconda, fly it all the way back to the Pleiades. It's going it, to, it takes, you know, it really starts to kill the game for you when you're constantly doing this and you're not seeing your efforts rewarded. 
Yeah. And then on top of that, with increasing the numbers of Thargoid killed and things like that, a lot of AX combat pilots, you know, I can understand if they're feeling a bit tired after, you know, blowing up 3,500 scouts just to defend a system uh, and then have to go on to another another five system because that's how Eagle Eye is reporting it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, we you know. Want to, um, ben, do you want to leap in on the uh, other ways to combat the bugs? I'm just wondering, are there other ways that we can use to find things? So, you know, for example, is there the equivalent of a deep rare good or something like that you could deliver? Um, <laughs> not that I'm aware deep. of, but I can tell you from experience, from you know my real life job, uh, insect uh, cells don't really like biological detergent. So if you throw some, like you know. So uh, what's it? Fairy? So bio, bio waste. Uh, that's certainly not detergent. Then, <laughs> if you're using bio waste as detergent, that explains quite a lot. Yeah, it would explain oh, why this side wonder weeks. Didn't didn't I hear something about urine being able to be used as a as an oldie worldy detergent? Uh, yeah. In the Middle Ages, it was you know evaporated yeah. and used as oh, a dry cleaner. The, the ammonia. Yeah, but targoids are ammonia based. So why would you? I guess it might, it's, it's bait. Thargoids <laughs> Are we talking about pissing on thargoids? Yes, we are talking about pissing on thargoids. So, if you want your space station packed, just jettison every bit of bio waste and smear it all over the hull, the station. Um, game back on topic and a bit seriously. We know. Some... I, I was on topic. You just took it in a silly direction. Yeah, exactly. So we know Frontier are have expressed a reluctance to kind of intervene in things because they want players to sort their own thing out. But with what you're saying about the sheer amount of effort needed to just to try and prevent an attack and the effect of the BGS and Distant Worlds 2 and Apathy and all the stuff we talked about, do you think there's a need for them to sort of intervene to lower the requirements, or should they just kind of think stuff it and just hike it up? Well, that's the thing. I, I, it would be nice to get at least some feedback knowing, okay, what you're doing, we understand there was maybe a bug last week, that's why we have you know so many systems on fire. That would be great, um, because at least it would let combat pilots, know, at least like AXI and the Hive and the Hand and Hanks, Anti-Xeno Alliance, Operation IDA, and all these guys, you know, engaging in anti, you know, the um, Thargoid combat, you'll let them know at least that they're working towards something. At least give them an idea. Okay, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, we you know we messed up last week, so you guys, you know, don't worry, it's not going to happen again. Which is asking a lot of, you know, recent trends with uh, with the game. But you know, much as I love it, you know, there it is. It is the buggy child that we all sometimes gripe about. Um, yeah, and but, you could also argue that ramping up the kill requirements over time is intervention. That's not them letting us get on with it. That's them intervening. Yeah, and at the same time, you know, is this the story that they want to take in it? You know, we've always said that the story in Elite is a bit out of snail's pace, especially when it came to the Thargoid. So, you know, the fact that we've had six systems defend each week could be them ramping it up, but towards what we don't know. And of course, we don't really have any other means of interacting with the Thargoids other than feeding them, like, you know, meta-alloys and, um, you know, escape pods. Well, so, have they ever tried that? Yeah, actually, uh, there are some guys, you know, who were sitting there telling, over in the Canon Discord a while back going, oh, we got a system that was under, like, that was targeted by Eagle Eye. It's under attack by the Thargoids. So uh, an Aegis megaship appeared in the system. So they can engage uh, the Thargoids there, even though there was no stations there whatsoever or landable planets. 
Um, right. So the idea was like, oh, great, there's no AX combat zones there, so what do we do? And one guy's like, this is my chance. I'm going to feed them everything I possibly can. I'm going to wrap up, all, I'm going to find all the occupied escape pods I can and try to appease them and see what they do. <laughs> so I don't know how that turned out, um, but I'm sure, you know, he's having fun doing it. So. Talk about picnic. Yeah. Um, just on the, I, I, we've, uh, on the show notes, there are a few links to some, a couple of uh, posts about this. Um, one of them, I'm just going to read it because it's incredible. Uh, it was posted on the 21st, so about five days ago. I have never before seen levels of cooperation and coordination we achieved in the previous week. Five player groups from five discords worked together to gather 40 plus pilots and log, as in logbook, 7,000 Thargoid scout kills and 100 Thargoid interceptor kills, 100, in two of the six systems that Eagle Eye was pointing to. Because our time is limited, we only contributed 150 to 350 man-hours in a week. We, the five-player factions, strongly believed that such an amazing effort focused on to only those 7,000 kills are just from the people they were in contact with, not the general community. That is 7,000 Thargoid scout kills and 100 Thargoid interceptor kills, and it's still and it's and this and it still didn't prevent it. I mean, that's incredible. That's got to be bugged, surely. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We're looking at these numbers, and it's you know, it is incredible that these guys did so much, and that's why they're getting burned out because they have to kill these numbers, and all of a sudden they see that all this effort, and it was in vain because the station's still on fire. So yeah, it, you know, we, what are, do you do? Are we able to? Um, are we actually getting any results? Is it that some of our results seem bugged and we're making progress elsewhere, or it, has it got to the point that we're not able to affect change in any way? It's a good question. Uh, I mean, for the most part, at least when it comes to incursion states, we've been doing pretty well lifting them. AXI and the Hive and all of them have been doing a really good job lifting up the. Uh, they cleared eight systems far out of the fifteen, which is pretty good, and that's been in the span of a week. Yeah, and, and remember, if you don't. Well, no, that's clearing the AX combat zones as well as um, as well as engaging in the non-human signal source combat. So that could be scouts and interceptor. Yeah. And the other thing you got to remember too is that the financial reward for killing scouts and for interceptors, not the highest paying, you know, it's not the highest paying career in elite, let's say, because scout is only worth 10k. And then yeah, I think not when you consider repair costs and things. Exactly. Yeah. Very good for a combat rank, though, as an aside. Yes, it is. If you want to get to combat elite, killing Thargoid scouts is the way to go, and you don't need any AX weapons or Guardian weapons. You can kill them with just about anything. Hmm. Um, you know, this is, uh, it's just, a, you know, if anyone wants to help out defend the system this upcoming week, uh, depending if Eagle Eye is behaving or not, um, you know, that's what you can do to help out. So pay attention on Thursday when the uh, on the forums in particular, the uh, Thargoid attacks where, when, and what can you do about it thread. Yeah. So that will at least tell you what the current systems are and what the current state of the uh, the bubble is in terms of what the Thargoids are burning these days. Will that thread survive the, the culling? I hope to dear God it does, because there is a lot of good information in there. And the first post, um, Commander Factabulous uh, for Canon, the guy is a beast. He is out there checking Eagle Eye every Thursday. He is updating that thread regularly. He is responding to people on the Discord, answering questions. You know, he has really done an amazing job keeping up and everyone informed. 
uh, about the latest on what's going on with the Thargoid. So checking the, you know, the, the Galnet daily because Galnet posts an article every day uh, about what systems are in incursion, uh, what the level of Thargoid presence is. Um, that way you guys can also follow along. If you're not following on the forums or you're not on Discord following this, there is a Galnet article. If you go into Galnet, uh, you can see what's going on there. I mean, if you want to get involved in something that's not Thargoid combat, you want to get involved in repairing stations, um, in the show notes, I've provided a link to a Google Doc from Operation ID8. It's their stat tracker. Uh, it shows you the number of stations and the amount that they're hauling per station to fix it, which, uh, again, a lot of credit's deserved in those end because those guys are hauling the amounts, like EG worth uh, volumes of commodities across you know, a 200-light-year span sometimes from the bubble just to fix these stations. and. Fortunately, now they have to repair some of the ones they just finished fixing not too long ago. Oh, so annoying. Yeah, and I really feel for those guys because, you know, every every Thursday when they wake, you know, when some of them wake up, they just look at what's happened and go, oh, God, I have so much more work to do now. This is a never-ending. Yeah. God, it would stop feeling like a game. It would just start feeling like a job. Yeah, and that's how a lot of them actually, you know, talking to some of them, that's how they feel. And it's really a shame. Because, you know, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be, you know, a game in the end. It's supposed to be for enjoyment. And it yeah. would be really nice if everyone could enjoy it like that. But the thing is, without some kind of feedback in some form or way that this, you know, the galaxy burning is a direction that Frontier wants to take it and wants us to, like, either keep at it or at least, you know, let it happen for a little bit and, you know, take a breather, let the galaxy burn a bit, and then, you know, have some kind of CG again where you can repair multiple stations. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem a bit like a Sisyphean task, doesn't it? Really, where you get yeah. so the rock so far up the hill, and then it just rolls down again, and eventually people get burnt out. I'd... Yeah, totally. But again, um, Frontier don't usually comment on the overall story, do they? I'm no. trying to think. Trying to think when they've done it. I don't think they've ever said, "Oh, this is the way the story's going." until after it's gone in a particular direction. Yeah, I mean, the only thing you know that they did tell us going into 3.3 was how the Thargoid incursion state sort of works uh, in terms of the AX combat and things like that. So there is a link for that in the show notes as well for anyone interested. Um, and I should also mention one other commander in particular for his weekly write-ups on Reddit uh, every Thursday. And it turns out we're on a lot of the same discords as well. Uh, that's uh, Commander the Original Bastard. Yeah, uh, yeah. he writes an amazing write-up every Thursday. And actually, uh, his write-ups, I think, are probably the most thorough thing I've ever seen uh, because he actually tells you what stations are on fire. And if you do run missions there, what, um, you know, what superpower you'll rank up with, like you know, Federation or the Empire or something along those lines. So if you want to earn rank in those places, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. That's really useful. We'll pop those links in the, um, in the Twitch chat. Um, just I, this is this is really thick. Has Eagle Eye been going un, uninterrupted for since it started? I think it. I mean, it must it must be eighteen months ago when it was first when it first kicked in. I mean, it's. I mean, there were a few weeks. Every now and then, you would get a hiccup where Eagle Eye wouldn't report anything, and it would be a bit of a guessing game. And that was earlier on in the beyond i can't remember which beyond update it was but there was a 3.1 or 3.2 that you know it wasn't reporting until someone kind of kicked frontier uh support on twitter to right. hey, by the way oh, it hasn't yeah, updated yeah. i remember that yeah 
Yeah, so there, there's been one or two incidents of that where it, it did eventually update or, you know, it wasn't accurately reporting because there was a typo in the message. So, yeah, it's a bit of a pain sometimes when Eagle Eye misbehaves because you sometimes can't even trust what it's reporting. So, you know, when we see that change on Wednesday night sometimes right before the Thursday tick, you know, it, it, immediately you can start panicking because you're going, oh, God, is this intentional or is it not? Is this just an error in the system? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you don't know what you're going to wake up to the next day and it can be very frustrating. You know, I'm I haven't really engaged so much in the Thargoid combat. I've been just collating all the data. Um really the data is just the list of systems being attacked and the stations being damaged and things like that. So um you know, I have a little uh, Google sheet that I fill out each week and I keep track of this for the for the podcast and anyone else who asks for this information, I always have it. You know, you just you just look at it and you just wonder, my God, do we really have to go through this every week? And yeah. you know, the that's question, yeah, that's definitely that's that's really annoying to hear, actually. It is, but you know, if I, it would just be nice to have some sort of feedback. And you know, are we heading in a direction that Frontier wants us to? Are we really just up against a wall right now? And you know, they're waiting for some event to happen in three point three or the next chapter of Elite. That's going yeah. to push, you know, the Thargoids back and we're going to repair all these stations really rapidly. Yeah, I see. Yeah. So, pe- so people are like, okay, well, th- if, this is, if this is it just developing organically, then we're buggered. All we can hope for is that there's some kind of behind the scenes ticker that's logging all of our activity and then it'll, it'll all be taken into account in the next nar- narrative thrust or whatever. Yeah, I mean, they did say that, you know, oh, our first interaction with the Thargoids will dictate our behavior. So I'm fully blaming Ben and Colin for putting that Guardian device in the Thargoid structure, that's nearly not, ending the that's universe. That's not us. That was co- completely and utterly on Stephen um, Usher. Usher. Yeah, nothing to do with us at all. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I'm just weak and easily led. <laughs> um. Just uh, for anybody who doesn't know, um, could you just tell us how Eagle Eye works? Do oh, the right. stations just um, do they, is it is it just a code that's broadcasted that needs decoding, saying the name of a of a of a system? Yeah. So the way it works is every Thursday at the BGS tick now. In theory, this is how it should work. You go to the, Thargo, the Eagle Eye installations and you listen for the message that they broadcast. And what Canon, code do they broadcast in? Uh, it's just letters for the most part, but the there's a decoder now. I you know I tried to follow this as best I can and understand it as best I can. There is a certain decryption method that Canon you know has become aware that FDEV have been using for a particular Eagle Eye, so they actually made an online decoder uh, that people can use. That's actually linked in the Thargoid attacks. Where, when, and what can you do about it in the first post? Oh, cool. Where you just go to the Eagle Eye installation, you listen to the broadcast. You know, at the, you, the first one starts at the top at the top of the hour, and then ten minutes later, the next one, ten minutes later, the next after that, and there's six. Yeah, of them. yeah. So you, you write down what the broadcast is, you plug it into that, you hit deco- decrypt, and it tells you the system that is next being attacked. And then, of course, you know the way it used to work was you need a thoroughgoid probe and things like that to verify the target because you would go and look for a transmitter in the system. You know, it used to be a whole real big process, and now they thankfully kind of simplified it. Uh, so it's not as involved as it used to be, which is in a way good because it's a time-saving event because it used to be that you'd get the Eagle Eye broadcast and you go, okay, right, I've now got to go to the respective Thargoid site, turn on the structure to get those little, uh, the, um, the message logs that, you know, just give you the little, what sounds yeah. like a 56K modem dial-up. Yeah. 
Um, you need a Thargoid probe, you'd go to the respective system, jettison the probe out, play that message, watch where the probe points, and it would usually point to a transmitter in the system near a station. Yeah. And you would have to drop in near the station to find that transmitter. Then you knew, okay, this is definitely a target for this week. Yeah. And how has it changed? What's the process now? It's exactly as I said. You just go to the Eagle Eye broadcast, uh, the little broadcast satellite. You listen for the what it broadcasts out loud, put into the decoder, and that's the system that's going to be targeted. So there is a code that needs breaking. It doesn't just say the next target will be Solano or whatever. No, no, that would just be too easy. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that they, uh, yeah, Canon's decryptor online is what people have been using for that. Okay, interesting. Of course, that's yeah. useful. Yeah, so if anyone wants to get involved with that, you know, join us over on the Canon Discord. I'm, you know, I don't really, I am a member of Canon, but I am not the most active member of Canon in the sense that, you know, I'm not always able to engage in scientific mysteries because the galaxy is big and I'm usually nowhere near the site where something's interesting happening. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they do appreciate active participation and discussion on their Discord and welcome everybody, of course. So, you know, if you want to get involved with that and actually learn a bit more about the Thargoids hands-on from them, uh, that would always be, that's always a good place to go. Um, the other thing I suppose I should mention, uh, I'm not sure if you guys have ever talked about it on the show, uh, which was at the dinner that they raffled off for the 24-hour stream that they did uh, around the holidays. Yep. The developers had said that the Thargoids are like us, not like humanity, where they're always looking for resources. So we always know they're going to systems with ammonia worlds. Oh, do they only target systems with ammonia worlds? For the most part, unless it comes to the Pleiades, where things get a bit screwy there. Yeah. Um, and it's not always guaranteed to be an ammonia world, because Dekiat, for example, where uh, Felicity Farseer, the engineer, is, that yeah. doesn't have an ammonia world at all. No. Um, they're always looking for resources, apparently. Uh, and FDev have told the, uh, have told uh, at least told the people at the dinner who then fed it back to Canon that, uh, you know, the next systems that are targeted are based on an algorithm, and they are pretty confident we'll never figure it out. So uh, <laughs> to them, I say, challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of that. Yeah, I was going to say, the guys at Canada, I'm pretty sure, will be able to crack it you know, in a matter of weeks if, they, were, if yeah. they really sit down and focus on it. And I'm sure there is somebody over there right now working on it, probably. That's, but, that's really interesting. I'm, yeah, surprised so they, um, I'm surprised it's not hand-chosen. Hand uh, if it was hand-chosen, then they really, really must hate Operation IDA and keep targeting the Pleiades for some <laughs> godforsaken reason. Yeah, true that. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a question of uh, what they want to do and direction they want to take it. And just some sort of feedback would be nice. And, you know, just to let the players know we're not wasting our time. And yeah. if we are, you know, the good news is, is that I think someone did a, it took a look at the number of occupied uh, populated systems in the bubble with an ammonia world. So in about three years' time, we'll be—I think it was two and a half or three years' time—we'll be out of systems uh, at the current rate. So you know, we, we've got a bit of time before the rest of the bubble's on fire. And uh, you know, the <laughs> we, question is, are they ever going to attack Seoul? Yeah. We realize, well, we, I don't think they'll ever get to Seoul because they'll never get a permit. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the algorithm could just be simply um, between—I don't know—David Braben, Lawrence. Uh, Sandro playing spin the bottle on the floor and just kind of wherever the bottle ends up is where you pick. So that could be the real algorithm, just playing spin the bottle one Wednesday lunchtime. It could be a random number generator. 
isn't there already a lot of RNG in all of this? Do we really precisely. want to bring more precisely. in? Precisely, yes. <laughs> I mean, is, is, is RNG the, you know, what determines the number of kills per system? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, um, which, if people, if listeners want to get involved, and I count myself on their number because I, I found it quite galvanizing listening to you, um, what is, I guess, two separate questions, what needs the most activity um for one and also in which areas are you are you seeing your efforts most rewarded <laughs> uh right okay so i guess what, i guess ida is the one that needs the most help yes absolutely um those guys really can use as much help as possible so if you have you know one night where you don't mind working on your trade rank a bit the profits are not great but you could help out by repairing a station, maybe not on the Pleiades, but near your, you know, near your faction system in the bubble. If you're into the BGS uh, and you have a player minor faction in the area, you know that's always really good. I know the Hudden Truckers have been preparing a station of Wooly, which has been a really big help. Um, I know Operation Idea was really excited to see that, and they did it something ridiculous, uh, some ridiculous amount of time because they were trying to go for gold in the uh, in the squadrons. I think that it took nine commanders to bring the station back online in two weeks. Wow. But that was like some serious hauling that they did. So, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, Operation IDA would definitely probably need the most help. If you want to work on your combat rank, AXI and the Hive are really good places to go. Um, AXI, you know, they have a really good Discord. They're all very friendly over there. They know their stuff. They have really good tutorials and ship builds. Um, if you want to get involved more, um, not so much with Operation IDA, but at least work on your Federation or Empire rank, or you want to collect engineering mats, help evacuate uh, people from the burning stations. So just get a ship over with a lot of passenger cabs and you know, spend an hour and you can earn yourself some pretty decent um, engineering materials and some decent rank that way. How do you, how do you get the engineering materials? Is it, is it a mission reward? Yeah, it's a mission reward. Okay. So you have a choice between choosing influence, reputation, or material of some sort. Yeah. So um, the other thing, too, is that if you want to earn a bit more in terms of profits, you can also deliver uh, medicines and emergency supplies to the rescue ships and system. That's another way. Uh, I mean, we're not really sure what role those kinds of activities have in lifting a Thargoid incursion or infecting an infestation. Uh, it would be good to start collecting that data. I know Operation IDA has been looking at the civilian evacuation data now. So it would be great if people could start participating in that and just sort of keeping track of roughly how many passengers they've evacuated or how many basic medicines they've brought into a system uh, to the rescue to see if that's actually helping lift the incursion. Because the idea is that if other activities are influencing incursion and you're not a combat pilot, how do you engage in the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, if people want to uh, help the IDA or the or Ida even. What's the um, can they use the spreadsheet that you that you gave us the link for, or do they need to be uh, do they need to be on the, the Discord? I would strongly suggest that they go to their Discord and let them know that they are working on a station. Um, the Discord has a nice bot that keeps track of all your deliveries. So after you make a run, you just type in, "I delivered 756 CMM uh, composites." And then you hit enter, and obviously the bot logs in and helps them keep track of what's been uh, delivered because they go based on each commodity, uh, what's you know what's been delivered. That way they know what's next to focus on. 
Yeah. And they Does EDMC not have things that go off and automate all this? Like yeah, I'm truck, sure that could be awesome. The Hudson Trucker Tracker and things. I'm sure they do. I'm not sure how Operation IDA is, IDA is using it. Uh, so if they are using it, I know... I can't remember the commander's name from the Hudson Truckers who actually helped out. Antares Fusion's the guy who did the Trucker Tracker. It wasn't Antares. I think it was... Um, uh, who's Draxer's partner? Oh, uh, uh, Simmons. Yes. Yeah, he helped out, um, I think it was Zane Till over in Operation IDA with a, a basic tracker on the Discord to keep track of all this and help them out. And on top of that, it actually, um, if you go onto the Discord, it actually says what their active target currently is in terms of repairing, what they're delivering, uh, where to pick up uh, the materials for it, and how much you're going to roughly earn and things like that. So there is commodity data available there uh, if you want to actually get involved that way. I mean, I, 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 if the out of I'm not really sure what other ways to engage with the Thargoid story right now. It's uh, no, that's brilliant. Mystery. That's 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 really that's really helpful. Um, wow. Okay, it's uh, that's that's a pretty slightly bleak picture, actually. Um, I'm really sorry. I don't mean to actually sound. No, so no, 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 no. Don't be silly. No, no. It's it, it's good. I mean, it, it, you've been quite balanced actually. Like, oh, the, you know, this is working. This was good. This needs fixed. Um, do you think that the timings of this being buggered? overlap with the timings of the BGS in general being buggered? Do you think they're one and the same problem, or is this something that's been ongoing? I know that the Operation IDA repair tallies have not been, uh, have been a bit buggy in the past. But yeah. I, um, but I'm curious as to whether this overall lack of feedback and problem of, like, you know, leapfrogging targets is, has coincided with the BGS bugs. There are some things that have overlapped with the BGS bugs. Um, you know, the lack of AX combat zones not appearing right away. That might be a separate bug itself. There's, it's really hard to pinpoint because there are so many small bugs that impact how this all works. It could yeah. be BGS related. It could be independent. Could be a mixture of the two. You know, I don't, I can't really say with any confidence what you know what is influencing one bug versus another. I think for the most part though because eagle eye is now tied in with the bgs tick that the what happened last week where we had you know 15 burning stations was a result of the bgs uh having problems so yeah but okay. that's you know the running theory it's not what frontier said they've not forward on it yeah interesting sorry that it's so bleak but you know this no no don't, don't apologize um, I, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna get involved actually. Uh, now that I now that my combat mamba is finished. Oh, um, how how useful is a mamba? <laughs> right. So if what I would suggest, if you want to get involved in combat and you're not the best pilot on the planet, start off with scouts. Get a ship with the maximum amount of hull reinforcement packages. Engineer it to be just essentially a brick, the highest shield that you can. Doesn't matter the resistance. It's sheer number of megajoules that count. Right. So yeah, a Mamba can be pretty good against scouts. Um, you can use gimbaled weapons on them if you're really bad with fixed, turreted even. Uh, but I think turreted on a Mamba would be a bit of a shame. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you can try. You can do anything with um, any of the weapons that you feel comfortable with to fight scouts, more or less. The only thing is, you know, be aware that if you get hit by a caustic missile, you're you are going to degrade some damage. So it's important to have a high hull um, count. Yeah. Point Okay, so hull tanks are necessary. Hull tanks, and you can also do shield tanks. Just make sure you have as strong a shield as humanly possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Okay, thank you very much. We will. No problem. Um, 
we'll move on to uh, community stuff after a quick ad break. Um, can you hang about and uh, and chat some more this evening? Uh, yeah. You don't have to. You can you can scoot off if you like. We won't we won't pester you for for Thargoid stuff anymore. Uh, but you're welcome to hang around and join us for the rest of the show. Oh, that, well, I'll do my best to. I just gotta clear it with the uh, with the missus and make sure she doesn't want to kill me or anything <laughs> along those lines for being on so long. Funniest funniest thing I've heard in the last three or four weeks was the fact that the Hutton truckers call their partners flight prevention officers. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, good. that's a pretty that's a pretty accurate description. <laughs> cool. All right, we'll do a quick ad break and then we're back in just a moment. Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple, or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus my daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> Want to tour the frontier? Travel with Colmac Reeve and our new fleet of passenger starliners. We've opened up the universe for a range of budgets. Option one, luxury. My husband and I like to travel in comfort. The new luxury cabins were like a home away from home. After all, one's home is a castle. Option two, first class. We'd saved up a bit for a really special trip. The first class cabins were like nothing we've travelled in before. Really luxurious. Option three, travel cabin. We won a trip with Cormac Reeves' monthly lotto. A travel cabin for two on a Starliner around the solar system. Once in a lifetime for us, simply amazing. Option four, basic accommodation. Me and my mates just wanted to hitch around the universe. It's so great that we have the option of getting a really cheap cabin to see the sights. It saved us loads. And for the budget conscious and slaves, we have our cheapest option yet. Well, I needed it. And we won't sell any of those frozen passengers into slavery. I promise. Call Mac Reeves all budget tours. Seeing the galaxy from luxury to freezing tubes. Hello. We're back to talk about what's been going on in the community this last week. Uh, which we ought to change the name of Community Corner because I feel like everything that we talk about is community-based. We are kind of a community-based show. Yeah, it seems a bit of a misnomer. Um, the, the special Community Corner. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we made today at School Corner. <laughs> Does anyone have a refrigerator that we could put it on? Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's actually it's not very polite to say that some of Ghost Giraffe's stuff is made out of paper mache, though. <laughs> <laughs> He's very good at finding bugs, isn't he? Um, we're referring to the video that he posted that he posted on the 14th of riding an asteroid into a moon. This is this reminds he did another one about two planets merging, didn't he? He did that. indeed. Yes. He's, yeah. He's very good at finding these broken planets and systems and things like that i don't know how he finds them all but he is very good at that and then exploring with them yeah he, he must because you, you can't see it from the system map so he he must he must fly very close to lots and lots and lots of planets on the off chance that they're 
fucked. <laughs> Possible. And we're not meaning in the Thargoid way. I've, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of assuming he just keeps his ear to the, ear to the sort of the grindstone for all that kind of thing, and he's got sources, but it could be. Yeah. He finds them. I, I really don't know how he manages to find them. No, do I? Cool um, video, though. A very cool video, and I mean, we, I love it when you can go and see. Just you go off and find a ring, and with a bit of time lapse, you can see that you're orbiting the planet. But yeah. The ones he finds are just absolutely mental. Um, oh, wow. Artis has just posted something in chat about a new alien object that's been found. Ooh. Yeah, I just I just saw it over on Canon Discord. I was like, oh, we're on air. I might as well just share this right now because it's actually kind of cool. And oh, make it's like break, a legitimate news show almost. <laughs> Ventura, can you go and put, shove, a picture of the, shove that picture up? Because what the hell is that? It looks almost like a Borg cube. It's called a... Nivium octahedral pod, and it causes caustic damage when you trigger its spores and your shields are down. How this do you trigger its spores? I don't know. Uh, Commander Maligno over in Canon was the one who found this, and uh, it was uh, it was Commander Mister Bow Wow who discovered the effect. Awesome. That's really cool. Where are they? Uh, it says it in the screenshot. It's um. Oh yeah, Shroge KK dash A blah 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 blah. I was going to just call it Schrodinger's cat, but sure. <laughs> That's weird. That's super weird. Is it, uh, is it confirmed as Thargoid, do we know? No, nothing yet. It's just confirmed, but it's the only other um, alien species that causes caustic damage besides Thargoids. So, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. No, no Thargoids have ever been seen out that far, so. Yet. Well, exactly. I'm expecting at the end of Distant Worlds 2 when we all descend on Beagle Point just to be literally destroyed, <laughs> just the entire fleet. <laughs> just Thargoids with a message that says, nowhere safe. Yeah, yeah, just the mothership just just, just crashing on loads All your and base have to us. <laughs> <laughs> nice. God, that's, a, that's an awesome find. Hmm, that's weird. Yeah, sorry for, the, sorry for that random distraction. But there no, that's you brilliant. That's the first What happens that's... when you have me around? <laughs> that was great. We got to break some news for once. That was exciting. Live, live news is live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We may be legitimate soon enough. <laughs> hey, we've always been legitimate, don't you know? If this was a true news station, we'd be repeating the discovery every 10 minutes using the same footage. Yeah. That is true. We could just do that. I could just why read out. Have a, why don't we have a news ticker on the uh, stream? <laughs> There's hardly be... any news to use. It'd be blank, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be pretty boring. Or invented. Yeah. <laughs> or invented. Oh! You could, <laughs> I apologise now. We, what we could do... Fake news tracker? Not, could we not do a news tracker onto the Sagai bulletins? Yeah. Yeah, we could. Yeah, uh, yeah we could maybe. do that. Sorry, anyway, moving on. We ought, to, um, we ought to make a... You've got me thinking now. We ought to make a little plug-in so that people can, can stick a tracker of the news stories on their website. Hmm. A cow bathroom tracker. <laughs> that would be easy. You just need a static image. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No progress. <laughs> right, the other thing. Um, ED Index. This is brand new, isn't it? Um, so the website says, don't panic. Learning Elite Dangerous can be intimidating and overwhelming. You're not alone in the universe, Commander. There are hundreds of us waiting to help you in a variety of ways. So it's a placeholder website for a new uh, we'll teach you how to play service. 
Um, have you guys come across this? Yeah, we might be jumping the gun about sharing it yet, but I'm not sure. But he's gone off and tweeted about it, so it's, it's common common enough knowledge. It says, please support edi.earth by sharing or donating at the bottom of almost any page. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so presumably he's doing a bit of, a bit of he's, he's working on it, so hopefully it'll turn into something. It's got, it looks like it's got potential as a... I do. I mean, it's one of the hardest things is like, I've just started Elite Dangerous. What the hell do I do now? Yeah. So the layout of it makes a lot of sense. And just going off to do those things would just somewhat a a resource that you could use that isn't going to get nuked after a couple of months makes a lot of sense if it can, if it can do something with it. Yeah. It's, it's, I I really like the layout, you know, engineers, farming. Uh, I need fuel. It's really, really good. So, so you mean to tell me that we're not supposed to spend like the first two hours of playing elites, you know, wondering how to dock? <laughs> no, you got, so the dock. first, the first two hours of playing elite is figuring what the hell your keybinds are. Only two uh, yeah, hours. Right, I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm being optimistic. I wish I could remember what it was like to take off for the first time. I can't. I can't remember my first flight because it was too long. I ago. know what you mean. I'm. I can't, I'm I'm kind of the same way. I, I wish I could remember how not to play. <laughs> a friend of mine did a um did a full restart about a year ago and really yeah. really enjoyed it. He got to he was flying a a vulture within about fourteen minutes or something because the game's a lot easier than it used to be. Um, but um, apparently the new player experience is way better than it used to be. Well, when well, I first good. started the tutorials, like you know the little tutorials that they gave you, the ones that were sort of voice acted. Yeah. Uh, I got up to the advanced combat one because I was like, oh, I better not jump at this game until I do all these tutorials. And I got up to the advanced combat one and I couldn't beat it at all. So I was like, oh, shit, I'm never going to get into this game if I can't fucking beat this thing. <laughs> Have you beaten it now? Uh, I haven't gone back and tried because eventually after sitting there for about like two weeks trying to do it, I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'll learn as I go. Oh, back in the alpha, I think that was all we had for a wee while, wasn't it? Yeah. I can't remember I it was, but it was, there was a while when we, all we could do was that that wave thing. I think there was a while. There was a while when the only tutorial was was YouTube videos linked from the game. Oh yeah, we had that yeah, there was. In Gamma or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the new tutorial video is so much better than we had then, and the introductory missions, the introductory Horizons missions, are so much better than yeah. we originally had. Yeah, I've heard really good things about those. Yeah, they sound good. So yeah, the EDI index looks uh, looks like it might be really exciting. It looks like it might slightly be doing the same job as the Galactic Academy. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Because that, that's aimed at helping out new players, isn't it? It is, yes. So yeah, we'll have to see how that develops. And then the other bit of community. This isn't a community creation, and it's something we touched on earlier. But the Elite Community Meet 2019 is happening in the um, the Renaissance the Renaissance Hotel in Manchester. Um, which is the Easter weekend, um, Saturday the 20th of April. Um, Artris, are you in the US? You sound distinctly US. Uh, no, so I'm actually based down in Cambridgeshire. Huh, cool. Yeah, but I am American, you know, originally. I'm from, you know, originally from New York, and I decided to give up the exciting life in Manhattan to move all the way out to uh, the wonderful countryside. Hold on, of hold, on hold on. You mean to say you came over here and took our jobs? Check it out, Jabs! Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> yes, yes, I did. It's all your fault, damn you. That's, that's <laughs> you right. My job. my job was boring. I'm glad you took it. 
<laughs> the funny thing is like, all right, so when I first moved over to the UK, I moved to Scotland and like a week later we had the independence referendum there. <laughs> and then I, I took this job, I took this job down in Cambridgeshire. And then of course there was a Brexit vote. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Everywhere I move, there's like some kind of political turmoil. <laughs> There'll be a Cambridgeshire secession vote next. <laughs> Cambridge was out of Britain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What? Um, where in Cambridgeshire are you? I'm from. Uh, I'm originally from the Lincolnshire Cambridgeshire border. Uh, so I'm based actually out in. Um, you know where the genome campus is at Hingston? Uh, no, but uh, I vaguely know where you mean. So, so close to Cambridge. Yeah. 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 Everyone, please do not go and box Atrus. <laughs> are you going to the? So, so the reason I asked the question: um, Are you going to go to the community meet in Manchester? No, uh, I went to the one in Reading last year. It was actually a lot of fun. It was really great to put some names to the faces. So, uh, no, unfortunately this year, because it is Easter weekend, I'll be doing things with my partner's family. Fair enough. I think most of us will be. Cool. Okay. Well, so uh, shout outs. LaveCon this year is uh, taking place uh, between the 4th and the 7th of July. The tickets have the has the second tranche of tickets gone on sale yet? No, they won't go on sale probably for quite a while yet. Uh, they usually go only go on sale after all the volunteers are arranged and their their rooms are booked and everything like that. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, but talking talking of LaveCon, though, are you coming to LaveCon then, Atrus? Uh, you don't really have a lot of excuse seeing as you're only in Cambridge. That's not that far away. No, it isn't. I'm still trying to find out whether I'll be able to go or not because of the time of the year. You know, I don't even think he really likes Elite Dangerous. <laughs> Look, I've been wanting to go to Lave God. Just you know, financials, <laughs> financials are the issue. So, if anybody <laughs> one of the community wants to sponsor my trip to LaveCon. <laughs> <laughs> set, set up a Kickstarter, <laughs> a GoFundMe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My gaming habit, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sadly, I won't be able to go to LaveCon because I'm on my honeymoon and I'm not. You're getting married. Yeah, so I'm not allowed to be bitter about it, but I secretly am. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Now that we all know that, <laughs> happily, the Suvet is not a listener, so I'm. Uh, I, I definitely am going to LaveCon, um, and I've received uh, spousal permission for that. Um, but I, I well, we've already said about ECM that I probably. If I do go, the only way I'll be able to go is if I'm going along as a father. Yeah. I'm taking your kids to I've been trying to talk the wife into coming along to LaveCon, but she rightly says that when I go to LaveCon, we're going to LaveCon to work. And it's not really fair on me. It's not fair on me having to look after the kids and try to run LaveCon. Yeah, fair And on. it's not fair on her having to look after the kids while I run around and run LaveCon. Or help 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 run LaveCon. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Shan I'm kind of dreading LaveCon this year. <laughs> okay. Any reason why? Yeah, Anne Marie Kondo. I'll probably come back <laughs> <laughs> and find just like a deck chair and a laptop. I tidied everything. Don't you like it, Shan? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. All that will be left is your um, your pile of um, your your pile of polystyrene in the corner of the room. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, bubble wrap. Yeah. yeah. I was saved you the bubble wrap because I know you like to pop it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be your new desk chair. 
um, so, okay, we've got a question coming in from Twitch about does Elite have a healthy population of community sites? Does Elite uh, have a healthy population of community sites? Community sized. Um, wasn't Colin talking about the Steam stuff, which is about the only metrics really we we have visible f visibility for? Does anybody know um, what the current? I, I think it's it's something like eight thousand, isn't it? Well, the difficulty is that Elite has its own launcher as well as Steam. Yeah. So it's very difficult to put a number down. But it, it's. But I would actually look at the community in a different way, the population, because outright numbers is almost irrelevant. Um, what I believe is more relevant is the how active and how... How engaged. And how engaged the people are. Because if you have a community of a million people, but only 20 people actually engage with other community things or actually do events and stuff, then I would argue that community isn't as healthy as an 8,000-strong community where 4,000 people do stuff. Yeah. So I, I would suggest it's activity, not just outright numbers. Yeah, I think there's, there's an that. argument to that. Um, I mean, you just have to look on the Reddit forum and how, pop, how, how fast that moves. Um, I mean, a good, and... a, sorry, Ben, I'll just I'm gonna say a good indication of how healthy the community is is look how much money was raised for special effects this year. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's not just on Frontier Stream. I mean, the truckers raised, didn't the truckers raise a good 10 grand at ECM last year, Atrus? Uh, yeah, I think so. I thought it was I a little it, bit more. I thought we were closer to twelve. Could have been closer to twelve, and you know that's that's twelve grand raised at one weekend by a bunch of truckers. So it's not even the entire it's not even the entire British community. To be fair, that was mostly Jester D. <laughs> <laughs> Is this when they nearly killed themselves going up the mountain on bicycles and walking? Or no, that's another time they raised. That's another time they raised ten, fifteen thousand quid or more. Um, yeah, so it's, I, I think um, Shan's point about activity is good because I don't know because uh, a, a lot of players play at least um, at least three times a week. Um, every time I log in, the mm. you know you you don't see people people go on hi hiatuses for a bit, but more often than not, like on the on the right on the activity panel on on discord and on the, the 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 friends tab in game people logging on every day so they're very active even like the players i don't know how many players there are i think there have been about four million game licenses sold um and i think there are something like um six or seven hundred thousand who log in once a month or whatever i don't i, I don't know where i got that stat um so uh so and of that there is a, a clutch that you know there's a there's a healthy population that log in every day um, so in terms of activity, I think the, the elite is is a really healthy um, is is really healthy community wise. Yes, and I believe that the Distant Worlds Two Expedition is the largest collection of players doing a single event. That would not surprise me. I can't what, in, of in any game. Yes. Wow. At once in one go. So okay, so just looking at the Steam charts just now. Purely playing on Steam, which I would argue probably there are less people playing on Steam than are playing using the Elite Launcher. So only on Steam there's 5,000 people playing just now. Uh, that to, um, can you compare that to Elder Scrolls Online? Sure. 
This is an interesting segue. We should do this as a full segue. Um, okay, so ESO has got 15,000 people playing at the moment. Yeah, okay, so it's a third. We've got a third of the, the count of ESO. Um, That's going to happen. Oh, I, no I was going to have a look at Fallout 76, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't um, you? Have they shut that off? No, but it's not on Steam. So oh, no. Fallout well, we got 4 has currently got... Well, we, we sort of do, yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> Fallout 4 has got 12,000. Ed's never been particularly good at giving us secrets, even when he was at Frontier. So. That is true. He is very tight lips. Loose, li <laughs> loose lips sink ships. And Absolutely, all that. yes. Loose lips explode ships. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. Uh, if there are no other questions from, um, from the Twitch chat, I'll, uh, I'll move on to um, shout out to our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio which broadcasts on Thursdays from 8.30 at um, tv.forthemug.com or radio.forthemug.com for um, just the audio. Um, you could also hop into the CQC Discord. Um, do, are we still doing the shout-out for CQ, CQC Discord? We are when Colin's here, because he doesn't. Ah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Colin thing. Too. Okay, you do it too. Okay. Cool. Other people Excellent. do it. Huzzah. If you want to hang out with Colin and... Was that Atrus? Who was yes. that? That yes. was Atrus. If you want to hang out with Atrus and whose name I've been pronouncing woefully all evening and Colin, hop on to the CQC Discord uh, for the discerning commander who likes a bit of action. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, and a very uh, time over there, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, so that's about it for another episode of Lave Radio. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com. Uh, hop on to facebook.com forward slash laveradio. Um, you can go to at laveradio on Twitter. Um, or you can join our Discord, um, which is discord.io forward slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server um, where you're welcome to come and hang out, which is teamspeak.laveradio.com. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out on laveradio.com forward slash live. Thanks to uh, Commander Edelweiss and Commander Shan for being my glamorous co-panelists. And very, very large thank you to um, Artris? Atris? Atris. Atris, sorry. Um, and Commander Atris for being bloody brilliant and really fascinating and um, very, very informative. Thank you for making the time to come on and chat to us. Hey, no problem. We do have one very, very final question from X XOR42, and I want you to actually answer this, Suv. Okay. Right. Given that God is infinite, and that the universe is also infinite, would you like a toasted tea cake? Yes. Excellent. Correct. Yes! Love winning. Until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
going to see the galaxy. Galnet News Digest, 26th of February, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Greedy's Lota in Lucifer Link. The Jokers on Ambrose. Incursion confusion as Tharg steps up his game. Don't do it again, Deluvian. Greedy's Lota in Lucifer Link. The Zlota Executive Council has a lot of explaining to do, after Federal Intelligence agents tracked funding for the stolen Lucifer device. According to the agency, several senior officials in Zlota have been diverting public funds into the programme to build portable nuclear bombs. The FIA also believes that the theft of the prototype Lucifer device was an inside job and that one of the conspirators arranged for the raid on the research facility, and now plans to sell the weapon which has a 300 megaton yield on the black market. A weapon of such power could not only destroy a city, it could also disrupt the weather patterns for an entire planet, causing crop failure and famine. FIA senior agent Rochelle Karim stated that it was important that the public should not panic, and that although the Lucifer device might be dangerous in the wrong hands, it was important to remember that a single weapon could only destroy one city, and disrupt the weather and economy of one planet. So it was important to keep a sense of perspective. The FIA is reported to be questioning members of the Zlota Executive Council in an attempt to locate the missing device. The Jokers on Ambrose In a revelation that will surprise no one except her mother, it's been claimed that heiress Lady Talitha Ambrose, who disappeared at the same time as the entire fortune of the Ambrose Foundation, is a problem gambler and member of the exclusive Joker's Deck gambling circle. The Joker's Deck is rumoured to include among its members some very influential individuals, including Black Sheep of the Rochester family, Jonah. So, after losing the entire fortune of the Ambrose Foundation, where is Lady Talitha hauled up? Perhaps she's running up a tab at Skyglow Havens in the Rhea Archipelago. With journalist Firemaker La Fosse on the case, we should be finding out very soon. <laughs> <laughs> 
Incursion confusion as Thorag steps up his game. With Thargoids intruding into systems as little as 30 light-years from Sol, there are concerns that Tharg the Mighty may be getting confused by the new so-called BGS, political and economic states. In a double whammy Tharg's day, six new systems came under attack for a total of 15 systems in a state of incursion. And although this number has been decreasing as human pilots fight off the invaders, it seems likely that more stations will be damaged at the end of the seven-day cycle. As is well known, Thargoids follow a seven-day attack cycle to represent a Thargoid with one tentacle chopped off. Something that makes them really mad. What is less well known is that Tharg the Mighty has been trying to avoid expanding into neighbouring systems, but every time he tries to decrease the influence of the Thargoids in a system, their influence seems to increase instead. Perhaps there are too many bugs in those systems. Nor does Thorg completely understand the new BGS states. He knows that they go from intrusion, through infection, invasion and infestation, finally ending up at incursion. But he doesn't really understand what these states mean. He's tried delivering lots of political pamphlets, but that hasn't done any good, and he suspects he may be confusing the BGS with something else. In related news, Hutton Trucker Commander Falco Took has appealed against the continuing permit locking of the Thargoid home systems. Until we can take the fight to them, he reasons, we'll be perpetually on the back foot, reacting to Thargoid attacks on our systems while being completely unable to retaliate and force the Thargoids to pull back forces to defend their own systems. Will the Pilots' Federation arrange for these restrictive permit locks to be removed? The ball is in their court. Don't do it again, Deluvian. The Fuel Rats have successfully completed their rescue of Commander Deluvian Ray's cruise, the furthest and longest rescue ever undertaken. Having reached the far edge of the galaxy, Commander Deluvian apparently couldn't accept that there were no more stars to jump to, so he set off in supercruise on a voyage beyond the dark edge of the galaxy. Some weeks and 141 light-years of supercruising later, he tried to jump out of the system only to find that he had insufficient fuel left to make the jump. After six weeks of drifting in space, he apparently got fed up with his own company, and he appealed to the Fuel Rats to rescue him. That was on the 3rd of January. After three days of preparation and calculation, the Fuel Rats set off. And on the 23rd of February, Commanders Verstheer and Hare Warrior completed the fuel transfer, posed for pictures, and they all set off for home. A happy ending for everyone involved. However, the fuel rats are said to be concerned that this trend in flatlining, extreme fuel depletion, started by Commander Persera in December 3303 and continued by Commander Deluvian, may continue. The fuel rats cannot guarantee that they'll get any volunteers to take on rescue missions that last for as long as two months, and are not looking forward to receiving a call from the first commander to supercruise to Andromeda, only to find that all the stars there 
are T Tori. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.